Well, welcome everyone again to Ecclesia United. My name is Anthony Richardson. I'm the founder and the president of Ecclesia United. I want to thank you so much uh, for joining us. Um, if you have not already subscribed to our library of podcasts, be sure to do that wherever you get your podcasts. Um, we'll be um, very thankful uh, for that. And be sure to share um, what you are, are gleaning and and the podcasts that have been impactful to you um, uh, with friends and family and co-workers or whoever um, you deem it necessary. I think it is very beneficial um, if you can share this information because uh, our objective really is to um, um, to express to the entire world um, that Jesus Christ saves um, and he has made available uh, salvation through the way of his grace um, and uh, it's available for whosoever will uh, partake of it. So um, I just wanted to um, uh, make sure that you knew or at least ask if you would um, uh, to share this information because that's our mandate um, as the church to go ye into all the world and to preach the gospel and to those that believe they'll be saved and to those that do not they'll be damned uh, and that's what the word of God says and so we have this responsibility as the church um, to um, to go and to make this message available, this gospel message, this good news about who Jesus Christ is available. And, and to that end, um, in this particular installment, I want to share just with you all this a brief um, story of mine uh, that uh, I think is uh, very, very apropos, if you will, to articulating this message uh, of the gospel. Uh, um, of Jesus Christ uh, coming down, uh, living a sinless life, taking upon himself the sins of all humanity and being judged upon the cross for all humanity's sins, ultimately dying for all humanity's sins, being buried and then rising again on the, on the third day. Um, and and that, that process uh, that Jesus went through uh, has made available eternal life uh, to us as individuals. So what we are saved from is saved from uh, a life uh, uh, spent in, in hell and damnation, fire uh, and, and things of that nature uh, to then being um, and then to having eternal life with Jesus uh, in heaven. Uh, and that that's what we're that's what we're um, um seeking to to make available now some people may say you know what you know uh why why this thought just came across my head some people may think like well what to, to what advantage is having uh, being saved uh what what is heaven what is what is hell is there a heaven or is there a hell uh does god exist who who is he is there a such a such person as 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 jesus and that's why I wanted to come on um, uh, and record this particular podcast um, uh, just j to help to articulate this message, um, which is one, Jesus saves and number two, he does exist. Um, and so I'll, I'll share with you just my own personal experience. And I, before I, I meant to get uh, to look up this particular scripture before I started this um this particular podcast but give me just a moment i'm gonna i'm gonna look this up so that, give me just a moment means we're gonna be silent for just a few minutes while i look this up um just just a second
Okay, I found it. Uh, thank you for that. I'm sorry. I meant to look this up before starting the podcast, um, but uh, I won't re-record because, you know, I, I don't want these podcasts to be s- super perfect and engineered and, and you know, edited and all that other stuff because we're, we're imperfect individuals in life. And so... Um, that's not really what I'm after. I'm not after this perfectly engineered, um, you know, flawless podcast series with opening intros and outros and everything else. I'm really after articulating and expressing a message, um, which is Jesus saves and he has made himself available, um, to anyone who, who would receive him. Um, so my my story I wanted to share with you really briefly is uh it began it's 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 from an incident that happened to me uh back in 2001 December 23rd 2001 uh at that time I was 21 years old I was in school at the University of Houston I had come up to the Dallas Fort Worth area which is where I uh reside um and I came I came back up to this area to uh for for, for the holidays obviously it's December 23rd a couple of days for Christmas I'm coming back up from school and um, and I'm coming to spend time uh, with my family for the holidays. We have a really, really large family that's here in the area. And so we spend uh, a lot of our times around the holidays with each other, um, at different dinners or just hanging out or whatever it is. Uh, we It's a normal thing for us to do. Um, and so that that was n- nothing different on that particular year. Uh, as if I was, except I was in Houston, so I had to drive three and a half hours back uh, to the Dallas-Fort Worth area so I can be with my family um, and and hang out for for um, for the holiday season. And 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 that particular uh, weekend or whenever that was, I don't know if it was a weekend or whatnot, but that time frame, December twenty third, when I came back up. Um, I, I don't, it actually, as I think back, I don't know if I came back up here on the 23rd, or if I was here on the 22nd, on the 23rd is when the incident happened. Uh, and the incident is I was, um, I was hanging out with, with family and friends and, um, and, and we, we were just doing living life. So we thought, um, and, and I had, I had, uh, consumed quite a bit of alcohol on that day. Uh, and then I had also uh, had been smoking marijuana and and, and this particular uh, I'm going to say batch. I don't know what else to say uh, on that. But th- this particular batch of marijuana was laced with something. I don't know what the something was. Um, I just know that uh, throughout the evening um, I would have these these you, you can say hallucinations or whatnot or or visions uh, but while under the influence, I was having these. You, you have to be of, of certain age to kind of understand what I'm about to say, which is there used to be a, there used to be these things called VCRs, uh, and and they played these tapes, and you could while you were watching the tape in full uh, in in full motion, going in a forward direction, or, or, or while you're playing the tape, you could actually hit the rewind button and watch what's on the screen actually rewind. Um, in 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 real time and so and so what i was seeing on that evening while under the influence um is i was seeing uh different decisions that i had made in life uh and so and 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 
and the decisions that I made were actually the wrong decisions. And so what would happen is I would, I would, um, I would have, it would, the, the, the vision would play before me. So a recollection of what the, what it was, the situation in full color, it, it would play before me. I'd read, I'd make my, I'd make the decision why, you know, it would show me in the decision that I made in that moment. And then it would rewind and I could see it rewinding. And then it would go back to some point and then it would play again. And when what I was able to do in those moments is in my brain, in my head, I was able to look at the situation, watch it rewind, look at it again, watch it rewind and then look at it again and then make the right decision that I should have made at that time when it actually happened in real life. I was able to make the right decision in my head. And then when I made the right decision and then only when I made that right decision in my head, did it move on? Did this vision move on to the next scene? Um, and so then another scene would play of some situation in which I had made some decision that I wasn't supposed to make. It was the wrong decision. And it would be the same thing. It would play before me and then it would rewind after I've made the decision. It'll play again and then it rewind after I made the decision. And then it would give me and then I would have the opportunity somewhere in there. Uh, and then I would make the right decision in my head when I made the right decision in my head. Then the scene would just wrap up and then it will go on to the next scene. It's some other decision. And that happened all night while up under the influence that happened um, and I remember I was driving down uh, at this time I lived in Mesquite no I lived in Balt Springs I lived in Balt Springs and so I was driving through Mesquite on my way home while under the influence mind you this is early morning hours of December 23rd I ended up uh, um, falling asleep at the wheel uh, while on the highway, I was on high, uh, uh, a major uh, highway here called uh, Interstate 635, and I was traveling on that road, and I and I and I went to sleep, and and I I veered off of the road into the median, and there's no there's no bar or wall or anything to keep you from going into the other side of traffic, uh, and and so I I'm sleep, and and ultimately God woke me up, and when I woke up. I I was I felt the rough terrain because I was in I was in the the median of the road and and when I woke up I I I was just about to hit a light post head on it would have come right down the middle of my car but I had just enough time where I was able to cut the wheel and I cut the wheel to the left I missed the pole enough to where it didn't go down the center of the car, but I did. I did clip the right side of my car and and hit the pole, and it spun me around to where I was actually when the car stopped spinning. I was actually facing the oncoming traffic in the lane. Uh, I wasn't in the highway, but I was in the median. But I was facing or angled to where I could see the oncoming traffic. My goodness, I could see the oncoming traffic uh, that was behind me. Uh, and and I, I ultimately that's that's where I landed at. And I remember uh, uh, being in my car and I, I, I got out of my seatbelt and I remember I put my my knees in the seat and I was hugging my seat. 
so so my face was actually facing towards the rear of the vehicle and the rear of the vehicle was facing in the direction uh, of this gas station uh, it was an Exxon gas station and I remember I, w- I had to be I was in a Mustang so the so so in order for me to 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 see out the back window uh, while hugging my seat, my knees and my seat, I had to couch down a little bit to see out the back window. And I remember I was looking back at that uh, at that Pegasus sign from the Exxon station uh, was lit up in red. And I remember I was just kind of looking in. I was, you know, I, I was just this just just caught up with the attention of that for some reason. But then. While I was hugging the seat, I would I would I couched down. I turned. I just kind of turned and looked out my front window. And looking out of my front window, I looked up, and and I was and I was really enamored by this great big billboard that I saw that was right in front of me. It was a huge billboard. This billboard has been there for 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 years, for as long as I as I as I can remember. This billboard it has always been the same advertisement. It's always been the same advertisement. Now, that, now as of late, it has changed because the entity that has the, that has um, uh, rented this billboard over the years has it may be rebranded, but but it's still the same message on it. But at that time, uh, when when I wrecked and I was looking at that billboard, and, I, and that billboard, mind you, is actually. If I was sitting in my seat correctly, I would be looking directly in the angle of that billboard and I just had to look up. And and when I looked up at it, uh, th- this billboard had in great big letters, uh, great big letters, uh, the word Emmanuel. And, and, and it was advertised for a church. So the name of the church is Emmanuel Baptist Church. So in great big letters on this billboard, it just said Emmanuel. And then up underneath it, uh, it had in a smaller font Baptist Church. And I, I remember um, uh, for a long while being really, really caught up and enamored with that sign, really fixated on it. Uh, and then I remember, uh, uh, just like everything else, uh, then then this this scene would play in front of me, and the scene that was playing in front of me this time was the wreck I just had, and and I, I and the scene would play out, uh, and then and then. Uh, uh, and then, and then and then it ended with the wreck and then uh and then that and that was that then it would rewind back and i would see the scene again and then i would, I would have to make the right decision in my head and so so now all of this scene is also encompassing all the events that led up to this moment uh before before of actually me having the wreck so all of the stuff that transpired before that time uh while i'm hanging out with friends and family and all the stuff we were caught up in doing and then the actual smoking of the marijuana and the drinking of the uh of of the uh, alcoholic beverages and then coming forward i think at that that and i say alcoholic beverages it it was beer so i i i I was i was drunk on beer high on marijuana or weed however you want to call it uh, and ended up wrecking, falling asleep. And then that situation happened where I wrecked in front of that sign. And now fast forward from that point to the next day, because I, I was, uh, well, before we do that, let me say this, the, 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 the scene that I was talking about that was playing before me to rewind back the, the last part of that scene was, was the airbags being deployed out of the vehicle. And I remember that I didn't get the opportunity uh, to, to, I did get the opportunity to make the right decision, but it didn't erase the moment. 
I was thinking what was what actually happened was not a real wreck. I actually uh, I was that that high that drunk that I did not think that I actually had wrecked. But this was just a moment of some moment that happened in my life that I was able to then rewind back and then make the right decision and move on. And although it did rewind back and play back and forth and rewind back and I made the right decision in my head, it didn't it didn't get rid of the fact that I actually wrecked. And so I remember being kind of confused in my head because I had the other scenes that I was able to kind of go back on and make the right decision. And that scene went away and then I just moved on to the next thing. But this didn't. So I remember actually taking the airbag and rolling it up and trying to push it back in the dash because I didn't believe what actually took place was actually real. But then eventually the police show up um, and uh, and I ended up they I had to get out of the car. They they you know examined and I remember telling them, "Hey, officer, I've been drinking, I've been smoking, um, and I wrecked, and here I am." I just remember being like that blatantly honest uh, with them, and you know they I did not get a ticket. I did not get DWI. I didn't get a DUI. I didn't get any of that. And and that's a testament to God's grace. And, I, and, I, and when I go on just a little bit further, you'll see why that is so, I, I think. Um, uh, but looking back at that, that is a testament to God's grace. Having told the officers, the police officers who have the power within them, their hands right then and that at that moment to take me to jail, to write me a ticket, charge me with the DUI or a DWI, I got none of that. I think they did write me a ticket for um, basically defacing property. It was city property or state property or something like that. It was some ticket that was along those lines. I don't even remember exactly what it was, but it wasn't a DUI and it wasn't a DWI. That's a testament to God's grace. Uh, I ended up going on to the hospital that night. They called the ambulance. I went to the hospital. I remember my mom and my sisters came to the hospital. Um, and I remember uh, talking with my mom the next day about the situation. And she was sharing uh, uh, with me or with somebody that all that night, all that night on December 22nd night, she just felt real uneasy. She said she was sleeping out on the couch uh, at our house. Uh, she had fell asleep on the couch and she just felt so uneasy for 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 the entire night and she and she eventually drifted off to sleep sometime in the wee hours of the morning where she's able to finally get off to sleep but she remember feeling so just just off if something wasn't right about the evening um and that it's that to me is that connection that, that mothers have to their kids uh, that even her not even being there with me knew that something wasn't right about this night. Something wasn't right about it. Uh, and she felt very, very uneasy about it. Uh, and so we fast forward to the next day. The next day uh, is uh, uh, us all gathered. I think we're at one of my uh, aunt's houses. We're having our normal, traditional um, holiday meal, kind of hanging out. This is December uh, the 24th. 
uh, December the 24th, uh, and we're having our, you know, our, our Christmas Eve dinner and hanging out and whatnot. And I remember I was uh, a couple of my family members that kind of knew I had the wreck, and they were kind of just, you know, uh, just talking with me about it because I, I, I wasn't all engaged with everything that was going on because I was, I really felt this nervousness, and I was like, man, I don't know. I was shook up by that, by that night. I really was shook up uh, quite quite a bit by that night and um and I was just telling I think I was telling one of my cousins uh you know that I, I remember seeing this sign and this and this and this great big old billboard sign it just said Emmanuel and I was just so enamored and I was caught up by that sign and I was just looking at it and staring at it I was fixated on it I couldn't stop looking at it and I was just I I, I was just caught up in it and I and I remember my cousin saying to me and this is what I didn't know at the time. I just knew after my cousin said this, they said, Emmanuel means God with us. And so I was like, oh, my God, are you serious? So so when I when I earlier when uh, during this podcast, when I told you guys, hey, let me look up this scripture. I want to look up this scripture real quick because uh, there, the, the scripture says exactly what uh, my, my cousin was saying to me. Now, this is found in, in the gospel of, of Matthew, gospel of St. Matthew, chapter number one, verses 22 through 23. This is this is um, um, the uh, a prophetic uh uh, declaration and really a, a, a recounting of a prophecy that took place back in uh, the book of Isaiah, uh, which is an Old Testament book. Um, but this is being recounted. Uh, this is this is the birth. This is talking about the birth of Jesus. Uh, and so Matthew one, chapter one, verses 22 to 23 says, says this, the gospel of St. Matthew. Um, so the gospel of Matthew cites the prophecy um of the sign of Emmanuel from his Isaiah using a Greek translation rather than an original Hebrew. Uh, actually, sorry, hold up. Let me let me read this because I, I pulled up the scripture and I, I and I'm kind of what I just read to you is actually an excerpt from from my website. Just a moment. Let me pull up the actual scripture. I actually thought that was uh, the scripture itself, but I'll pull it up really quickly. Uh, and and then we'll and then we'll read it. So Matthew chapter one, verses twenty-two through twenty-three, and it reads as such. Um, and I'm reading from the King James version. Now it says this: Now all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by, of the Lord by the prophet, saying, "Behold," verse twenty-three, "Behold." There's that word behold again. Behold. It, I, I, let me pause there for a second. Go back. Go back uh, in our in our podcast library. I want you to listen to the number five. It says, hey, number five, behold. I want you to go back and listen to that because it's, it's, it's critical for a time and a season that we're in. Now, back to verse number 23. It starts off. Behold, a virgin shall be with child and shall bring forth a son and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. So uh, if, if I read it in the, in the NIV, uh, the New International Version, verse number 22 says, All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet, verse 23, 
Uh, the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and they shall call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. Now, I did not know this at the time when I had that wreck. This is this 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 moment that happened in my own personal life sealed for me forever. And this is how I know. 30,000% with proof that God exists. He exists. Jesus is exists. He is real. God, Jesus, the Holy Spirit is all the same person. He exists. And this is how I know. Because I was I was I was high and under the influence. And I was so caught up by that sign to where I was I was even how I was contorted in the seat with my knees in the seat, with my arms wrapped around the back of the seat, look couched down, looking out my front window, stayed in that position for I don't know how long I did, fixated, looking at that sign, Emmanuel. And then learning the next day or on December 24th, learning that that literally means the word Emmanuel literally means God with us. I knew Right then and at that point that God was with me in that wreck, God woke me up to where I did not hit that pole head on and then spun me around to where I was looking dead on at his name. And he was burning into my into my psyche, into my heart and into my spirit, into my mind that he was with me. And what's so powerful about that, guys, what's so powerful about that is that the grace that God has extended to us through his son dying on the cross for our sins has made available to us that that you don't have to be clean and right and and in your right mind or in the right state uh, in order to receive uh, or to for him to reveal himself to you about who he is. He is God and he can reveal himself to you in any myriad of situation. The, the question is going to be, are you going to believe that he is who he is and that he's with you and that you don't have to be in a certain state or having got your life completely together, that you have cleaned up everything in your life for him to visit with you. He visited me. and He was with me in the midst of while riding in my car with me while I'm under the influence uh, of, of marijuana laced with something and intoxicated with alcohol or beer in my system. He was with me at that point. Now, now, even through all of that, if it, to be 30,000 percent honest with you guys, I did not run to give my life to Christ after that point. It would took another incident which took which took which took place place later. And and that incident um uh was was 2 years later. Uh, I I wasn't going to share it, but let's let's share it now because it goes with the, with with the moment. I was I I had had this enormous amount of pressure on my chest. And I was trying to figure out, man, what the heck is this? It was so uncomfortable to where it was restricting breathing in some instances. Um, and and it, and it 
and and what I ultimately found when I, I went to I went to a hospital one night I called the ambulance I was doing everything I could to try to relieve I thought it was constipation I was like I was taking milk a magnesia I was doing everything to try to make me uh, pass gas and go to the bathroom and try to get everything I thought it was all those different things and and it, and it wasn't any of that I went to the hospital I called the ambulance um, I went to the hospital, walked out to the ambulance, got in the hospital, got in the ambulance. They drove me onto the hospital. I spent the evening or the overnight in the emergency room trying, and, and they were running tests, doing EKGs and all the other stuff, and and nothing was abnormal. What they actually came back and said the diagnosis was chest wall pain. That was the diagnosis, chest wall pain. Now, I'm no doctor, uh, but I had sense enough to know, like, man, what the heck is that? Is that just some bogus, just I need to prescribe or, or, or to diagnose something just to just to release the patient? I, it was like I, I left like that's not chest wall pain. And I went home and I was left, uh, my, my uncle, uh, who's now deceased, he picked me up from the hospital. Uh, I called him and it was, it was funny because I called him, uh, he, he picked me up at the hospital and, and he didn't ask me any questions. He asked me no questions about why I was even at the hospital. It was almost like we had this connection in the spirit, like he knew. And he picked me up. I got in the truck. He drove because at this time I was staying at the house with 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 uh, with him and my aunt. Um, and he drove me to the house. My aunt wasn't there. He and I were there for a moment. He asked me no questions. We didn't really talk on the way home at all. Uh, it was almost like a silent ride home. We got out. I went in the house. He went in the house. Uh, he ended up leaving and then I was left at the house all by myself. I, I just I just started thinking about my uncle there for a moment, man. That was that was truly a um, man. That was a, that was a special moment. Um, yeah, he 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 was a good guy. And uh, I, 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 I was left there at the house and I remember finally resolving that God is trying to get my attention. When I told you guys earlier, go back and listen to Behold, uh, the number five, hey, it's in our podcast library. Go back and listen to that. That what we're talking about in that in that in that installment is how God is trying to get the attention of people of the world in a sense. But God was trying to get my attention in this moment back in 2003. This was. Uh, where I had this incident and I was left alone at the house and I remember resolving to the fact that God is trying to get my attention. And I went, my, my aunt did give me a Bible. I went and I got that Bible. It's funny how we know, uh, we have enough sense to know that God is getting our attention and we go get a Bible. We could get any other book, but we, we went and got a Bible. I went and got a Bible. Because I know the Bible is associated with God. So I went and I got that Bible. And I remember it was a really, it was a really, really, it was, I don't think it was any clouds in the sky this particular day. And the way our house, the, the house faced, there was this room in the front room that kind of looked out in the front. And I was, and, and, it, and the, the way the house was oriented was kind of elevated, the place where it, where it sat. And I remember I was looking out, out of that front window with my Bible in my hand. And I remember kind of whispering, God, what is it? What do you want? 
I know you want something from me. And incidentally, uh, I, I used to have this dream. I used to have this dream. And in this dream, I would be on a golf course and I'd be running and something was chasing me. The something that was chasing me, I couldn't see its face, but it was chasing me. I knew it was chasing me and I was running. And uh, I, I, I would always in this dream, I would get to the end of this or get to this point in the golf course where it was really the golf course was up elevated and it was on a cliff. Uh, or, or, and, and so I, I either had to turn around and face what was chasing me. Or I could jump off the cliff in order to try to escape from it. And what I would always choose is jumping off the cliff. And for many nights, <clears throat> many a times I had that dream, sometimes consecutive nights, I would have that same dream and it would end the same way. And I would wake up. What would wake me up was the feeling of me jumping off that cliff, almost like riding down a, a, a high roller coaster in that first drop. And you get that feeling in your stomach. Of that, just I don't know what you how do you call it, but that feeling you get that was the feeling I got when I jumped off of the cliff. And every almost every night I would have that dream, I wouldn't have it every single night, but there would be some days in which I had the dream on consecutive nights. And if, if, if we pause for that for this particular with that dream, and I flip back to the moment where I'm standing there in this window and I'm saying to God. I know you I know you want something from me. What is it that you want? I remember closing my eyes and I opened up my Bible just to some random text. I wasn't even looking in the Bible. I had my eyes closed. I just opened up the Bible and I just pointed down with my finger to the Bible and to to, to a verse. And I, when I opened my eyes, my finger was on uh it was on verse number nine of the chapter of, 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 of the book of Psalms, chapter 119, verse number nine. And it started off uh, by saying, the verse says, um, and, and, I, and I'm having to paraphrase it because I, I don't have it right in front of me, but it says, uh, in a sense, wherewith shall a young man cleanse his ways by taking heed thereto unto the word of God. And when I, when I read verse number nine, it was almost as if, God was standing right there in front of me, telling me, you need to take heed and cleanse your ways and take heed to my word. This was a Saturday. This was a Saturday. I remember falling down, crying and weeping. And that next day I, I, I went to church. I joined the church that I went to. Uh, and then I've I seen exponential growth from that point. But what's, in, what's, what's very interesting about this, after having went to church, joined in the church, giving my life over to Jesus Christ completely and fully, I've ha I have never, ever had that dream ever again. I've not had that dream ever again of me on that golf course, jumping off, I've never had that dream since then. This is how I know with 30,000% proof that Jesus Christ is real and he loves us and he cares for us and he's been reaching out to us trying to get to our attention because the, the, the scriptures say it, God, God would that, none, that all would be saved and that none would perish. It's God's will for all of all of mankind to be saved. 
But the choice for that is up to mankind. We have to make that cognitive choice in our heads that we are going to give our lives to Jesus Christ. Because that that choice in and of itself is a form of worship because you have chosen God over everything else. And God has been trying to get our attention. And maybe you listening to this, God has been trying to get your attention. And maybe you didn't even believe that he even existed. God, 1,000, 30,000%, I can tell you with proof that he exists. And if you have not given your life completely over to him, This is the opportune time to do that. And the scriptures say if 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 a person confess with their mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in their heart that he died for their sins and rose from the dead, they shall be saved. If you believe in that, what some people think like that is crazy. Who would have done that? Jesus did. Jesus came down from heaven, born of a virgin, came out, lived a lived in flesh, the life of a human, lived that life without ever sinning. Went to the cross with our sins imputed upon him. We, 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 we'd have to I'd have to show you how this what Jesus did was 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 what was happening in shadows and types in the old testament where 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 we get where we get our english understanding of the word scapegoat there would be a goat that will be captured and the sins of humanity in the old testament in the old testament would be imputed upon the goat and, and the goat would run off and be sacrificed ultimately for the sins of the people. That goat became the scapegoat that allowed for the humans whose sin was imputed upon it to be able to live. Jesus, live, having led, lived a sinless life, having done no wrong, just like the goat, having done no wrong, had the sins of all mankind imputed upon him. Jesus became the scapegoat that ultimately allowed for us as the humans who would accept the sacrifice that he made on our behalf so we could be saved and live eternal life, never to perish. He's made that available to you. He made it available to me. He, in fact, the the scriptures say in John 3, 16, for God so loved us. He he loved us. And one would say, how much? And the response would be, he so loved us. That he gave his only begotten son, that he sacrificed his only child to die for us, to be the scapegoat for us, that whosoever should believe on him, him being Jesus, 
the scapegoat and what he did, they shall be saved and live everlasting life. God has made everlasting eternal life available to you and me. And all you have to do is accept him as your Lord and Savior. And it's and it's easy. You you can you can pray this prayer or some variation of it. God, I know you died for my sins. You came and lived this life. You were born of a virgin. You came into this world, lived a sinless life, died for my sins because my sins were imputed upon you. You were crucified on a cross and you died for my sins, paying the penalty that I should have paid. But you paid the penalty for me, the penalty being death. You paid the penalty for me, which was justly due to me and died for me in my stead as the scapegoat. And then you rose from the dead three days later. And that act of you being crucified, dying and then rising again the third day has made available for me eternal life. And I want to accept that sacrifice that you have made for me because I want eternal life with you. I want to be connected and in fellowship with you, in communion with you, in community with you, connected with you. And I want to, I want you to have full reign over my life. I give my life over to you, Jesus. Thank you for the sacrifice you've made for me. Now help me to live out the life that you have made for me by way of your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. You can pray that prayer or any variation of that prayer. The key, the key, the key of it is believing that Jesus died for your sins, was buried and rose again on the third day. That he took upon himself what was justly due to you and me and died. In order to in order to have, according to John 316, eternal life. John 316 says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever should believe on him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. God has made available to you everlasting life. You just need to receive it. In Jesus name. Amen. Now, if you have just recently prayed that prayer. Then according to the scriptures, you are saved. The next thing I implore for you to do. Is to get baptized. Getting baptized is an outward expression of this inner decision that you've made. And that outward expression is that you are separating from your old life and, and, and that old person you used to be. And you're stepping into this watery grave and you're being emerged under the water. In the same in the same fashion as like one being buried in the ground, you are being immersed under the water. And 
And and and symbolically, it's what's being represented is that your old person is being buried in that watery grave. And you rise up in the newness of life. You rise up in the newness of life, just like Jesus did, being rising up again on the third day. You rise up in the newness of life and you step out of that pool, never to be associated again with that person or that old person that man of sin who you were operating in as before. That's what you're doing when you get baptized, and I implore you to do that. The next thing I want you to shift your mind around is this thought process here. As a saved person, you are a member of the body of Christ. The body of Christ just just think about this as so as, as when i say as a member of the body of christ think about your own human body you've got legs arms feet hands what have you the different parts of the human body the, each of those individual parts are considered to be members of the body those are members so so have you ever heard of somebody being dismembered that's 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 it, it, it's as grotesque as that can sound. Uh, uh, that's 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 a process of where the members of the body have been cut off. The person has been dismembered. So as a as a as a as a believer in Jesus Christ, you are a member of the body. Now, which member you are, it's it's negligible whether you're the hand or the foot or the arm or the leg. It, it, it's negligible in the in the in, in the example of the point we're trying to stress here which is that you are a member <clears throat> of the body of Christ. And as a member of the body of Christ, the body of Christ is the church. So what I want you to shift your thought processes around is that you don't go to church. You are the church and you go to worship at a building with other people of like mind. That's, that's what's happening. You're not going to church. So on Sunday or Saturday, or whatever day people have been going and people are saying, I'm going to church. That's an incorrect understanding of what actually is. If you are a believer in Jesus Christ, you're not going to church. You are are the church you are going to worship I want you to understand that so as as a as a member of the body of Christ having recently prayed that prayer if you just prayed the prayer that we talked about a little bit earlier in this podcast that I want you to find a place and go worship at that place you are the church going to worship at that place. The point of going to worship at that place is to worship with other in individuals of like mind, connecting with other members of the body of Christ, also receiving training and teaching, discipleship, growing in who you are, growing in your faith with instruction and teaching uh, from God's word, immersing uh, in, 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 yourself in the community of God. That's what you're going to do. And then that's setting a cadence and a rhythm in your life 
of not only worshiping on the day or whatever day you go and you go into that building and you worship there, but also worshiping at all moments of your life, that your life is worship in and of itself. Being who you are to be, who God has created you to be, is worship in and of itself. The meeting and connecting with people and allowing those people to feel the love of Jesus Christ that's inside of you, emanating out of you through His Holy Spirit that is resident in you as a believer in Jesus Christ. This is what you're doing. You're worshiping all day long, all the days of your life. You're going out and, and you're connecting and people are experiencing Jesus through you because you are a member of the body of Christ. And so as a member of the body of Christ, it, it's it's you're not in a person in and of yourself. But your identity is hidden in Christ, because just as your human body, if you if 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 if, if you had a distinguished birthmark, for instance, on an on an arm and and, and if and as grotesque as this can sound, just just follow the, the, the example. If you had a distinguishing mark on your arm or your leg or your hand or whatnot, and all someone ever found was your hand they knew that hand was your hand and they would say that's you that's your hand it's a part it's it's been dismembered but it's a part of who the body is the full body so it also is saying at the same time when when we bring new members into the body of Christ when they when they accept Jesus as our Lord and Savior we are strengthening the body of Christ by bringing these members in who were once detached but now bringing them back and engrafting them in to the body. So that is to say that this body that we that we are members of is not our body it's Jesus's body and this the full body is when you when you're meeting and you're connecting with people when you're meeting and you're connecting with people they're not encountering you they're actually encountering Jesus who you as a member are showing up as to them So your life should reflect him. And when people when people meet you, they should meet him. Because the life you live now is not your own, but has been bought with a price. That price was the precious blood of Jesus Christ. When he died upon the cross for you, he bought your life and redeemed your life and gave you eternal life and infused that within within you. And now you are a member of his body so you're not your own so expression of who you are in the public and in, 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 in when you're connecting with people is an expression of Jesus Christ himself and you should reflect that in anything less than what Jesus Christ is you're not reflecting Jesus but the Holy Spirit within you will help you to reflect Jesus if you call upon the Holy Spirit that's within you he will help you to reflect Jesus in the correct way. I hope this has been helpful for you. I want to welcome you, those of you who recently prayed this prayer and became new members of the body of Christ. Thank you so much and welcome to the family. We'll speak soon.